come over? Uh, I can't. Are you okay? I am going to die tomorrow. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 37 of Vague Zone. I am Daniel. I'm Thomas. And today we are watching the 2020 Amy Simons movie, She Dies Tomorrow. Can you read for us the synopsis, Thomas? All right, She Dies Tomorrow, 2020, directed by Amy Simons. Amy thinks she's dying tomorrow, dot, 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 and it's contagious. Pretty simple. Short and sweet. Uh, yeah, so this was my pick. Uh, we are still, we still haven't figured out a franchise to watch, um, probably be discussing that throughout the week but um yeah so we're kind of still doing our you know our little detour episodes um getting into this one i didn't really know anything about it so i'm curious to know what you thought though thomas i enjoyed it i mean i'm always down for like a cerebral indie film it's like there's some there's a lot of stuff to like about this movie i think my general reception is i wasn't crazy about it overall but there's a lot to like about this movie. So I was finding myself, I was being really optimistic while watching this. Cause I was like, even though it's not quite resonating with me, I, I enjoyed a lot of things about it. And yeah, I think it, it looks very pretty. This has some very thought provoking things that sort of show up as the plot goes on. But yeah, I was sort of going in blind. I didn't know anything about this. Like barely yeah. know anything about these actors, give or take a few once we see them show up. But yeah, sort of like this mysterious thing. It reminded me of Possessor a little bit, the themes, also felt similar, oh, sorry, Possessor as far as the tone, but also plot-wise, it reminded me a little a bit of the horror film It Follows. And so I mm. thought it had some some nice, like, infection things going on. And so I, I dug it for that aspect. What did you think about it? It was your pick. Um, yeah, I kind of loved this movie. Okay. Uh, I'm looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score right now. It got, it has an 83% tomato rating. I'm having difficulty finding where the... Uh, the average rating is here at oh, 7.3 out of 10. Uh, audience score is 23% with a 2.1 out of 5 average rating. And yeah, I looked it has at a 5 on IMDb. Yeah, it has a 5.1 on IMDb. Letterboxd, it was like sitting at a 2.9. And I was really surprised because I, I really liked it and I hadn't looked at the reviews before watching this. Yeah, um, I'm kind of with them. There, yeah, there's some things that I wasn't quite into. And it's like overall, yeah, it's just. Not something I don't think I would revisit. It's not the type of, I don't know. There's something, I feel like it's, it's missing something, but I like the intention and I like some of the ideas that it proposed. So. Yeah, I really like just the basic concept of it. And I kind of, I like how it takes its time with it too. Um, I, I, I feel like for the good, maybe like a half hour, maybe even longer, um, maybe maybe not a half hour, but, but, but a good chunk of this movie, we're just watching... Uh, her name's Amy, the character. She's just kind of wandering around her apartment, feeling the floor, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, listening to the same song over and over. Mozart, and, Requiem in D minor. Yeah, and I remember turning to Emily and being like, has it made it clear what is going on in this movie yet? Like, no. did we miss anything? It's like, well, I guess the movie is called the She Dies Tomorrow. And it says it in huge letters, She Dies Tomorrow. And that's all you really need to know to understand, like, what is going on with this character. It's yeah. just, she is, you know, getting caught up in the 
uh, sensory experience of being alive. She's like feeling the floorboards, like paying attention to things she didn't pay attention to before because she's going, she believes she's going to be dying soon. Um, And I really appreciated just like living in that. Um, It sort of feels like a, a short film. It is a pretty short film. It's an hour and 25. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, what, what... Well, yeah, we, we were watching the Oscars for our audience. We met up to watch the Academy Awards on Sunday, and mm-hmm. we decided to watch this movie. We watched the trailer, and so, okay, like, that's how we decided to choose this for this week. And in that trailer, I think it might have, not on the, it didn't really spoil much because there's not much to really spoil in this movie. But I feel like I would have benefited from going in completely blind because I, I think mm. some, there's, there's something, at least like the comedic moments, there's some comedic beats that sort of get spoiled in that trailer. But overall, I don't know. I think just knowing the premise, I just didn't feel like it, like, I, I didn't really feel satisfied by just the arc of the characters. And so it, it didn't seem like to be a movie set out to answer many questions or be very concrete about these things. So it's more like thematic with these ideas it's bringing up. So yeah, it's just a lot of, yeah, uh, Caitlin Scheel, like listening to Mozart and like being on the walls and appreciating her house in a different light. And I think, yeah, it's making a commentary on like suicide and death. And, you know, once we are sort of aware of that information, we see life in a different lens and the movie has a, the movie's version of translating that is this really intense red and blue strobing effect. And I, like, I wasn't really into her playing the Mozart over and over and over again, but once she sort of like fully, we see that shot of her getting into the trance, that's when it sort of clicked a little bit more for me. And so I like those moments. Some people weren't into that, but I, I, I was into just the trance like feeling of once they got infected by this, anxiety yeah. or this feeling but after that there, i don't know there wasn't it felt sort of shallow after that because yeah she sort of just, like infects her friend and then her friends her like all of those characters are really interesting and have a lot of drama going on but the main character of amy just didn't have much interesting things about her to me and we get a little bit of her backstory but it just takes a long time to kind of get there and i was just getting really bored on that journey but the, mm-hmm. i thought that when the party happens that's when I, the movie sort of picks up a lot for me yeah i feel like this movie it's not too much of an exploration of its characters. Um, I, I like it, it. Really, is just is it's just that premise of like, what do you, how do you respond to learning that you only have twenty four hours left to live? Yeah, and because it's not enough time to even really make plans. Like you can't make yeah. plans to do anything. It's not enough time to really come to terms with that knowledge. So yeah. so these characters are just kind of in a daze when they come to that belief that they're going to die tomorrow. Um yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. I really I really appreciated it. Like so so towards towards the end, uh spoiler territory. Um uh the character Jane Adams character Jane uh her i believe it's her brother and her sister-in-law is that who this couple is that she yes she's related to the brother and then yeah um she kind of infects them with this feeling that they're gonna die tomorrow uh they go to tell their daughter we're gonna die you your father and i are gonna die tomorrow and it like traumatizes their daughter they decide yeah that they're going to kill jane because it doesn't matter. Like they want to like take it out on her and Jane's dying. They're dying. So nothing matters. So they're just going to go, they go and shoot Jane, I guess. Um, yeah. And that, go ahead, go ahead. I want to know. Uh, oh, I, 
sort of missing the part where they went to, I thought she just got like the, the arm injury. That was the thing that I was linking on to. Um, so Jane, at the end of the movie, Jane's wandering around covered in blood. Gotcha. Okay. okay. And like, and before that happens, she's like hearing these voices and it seems like there's this intrusion. And then the next, that I guess what is the next day, the couple is saying like, um, the wife, I think her name is Susan. She says something like, you know, do you feel differently about me because of what we did or something like that? Or should, okay. should I feel different about what we did? Gotcha. Yeah, I feel like it would have benefited from having a few extra scenes sort of showing that because, yeah, I think there's just a little bit too much of Amy sort of sort of drifting in like somewhat empty space, not empty spaces, but just like sort of drifting around these like her house in Arizona or whatever. Yeah. And I think I would have really benefited from seeing that bit of the plot because, yeah, I... I, I saw that, but I was just like, I don't really make the connection. The end of this movie sort of gets really strange with Jane wandering around. She wanders into this house yeah. where there's uh, like this couple, there's a Michelle Rodriguez cameo that happens. Mm-hmm. It's sort of the movie Which is in I plot. thought she was going to be in this way more. It was, it was yeah. weird. <laughs> yeah, apparently she's in the trailer, I guess, but mm-hmm. uh, or in a trailer. But yeah, there's the movie is implying at that point that this inspection is, is this sorry this infection has spread out to the point where you can yeah. wander into someone's house randomly and they are also experiencing the same dread, and it it was just it was weird it was just kind of odd to me because I was just like I just don't understand how this character got that bloody and so I I think I was just more just caught up on the progression of it because this movie does jump around like it starts with. Amy dealing with it and then there's like some flashbacks with her boyfriend in the bed and we get a little bit of the backstory and there's a little more context later on so it does sort of solve the mystery that it presents but yeah I think I got lost on that part and I was more interested in like uh, Tunde Adebimpe's character like his dad is dying and like this this couple is talking about like like oh like I was waiting for him to die to break up with you and so it's like this like there's like this weight is getting lifted off of these characters, but it's happening at mm-hmm. this at the cost of them being like, oh shit, I'm gonna die tomorrow, so I need to just start crossing important stuff off the list. And I thought I found that way more thought provoking yeah. than anything. And else I think yeah, that's kind of getting to what I'm saying is like with this let's shoot Jane plotline, it felt like it was moving into a direction that was like much bigger than where I wanted the movie to go. Like I was okay. more interested in just seeing these characters deal with um you know this realization oh i'm gonna die tomorrow what the fuck does that mean Mm. (laughs) like what do i do tonight how do i feel about it um how do i want to go like all of those questions are way more interesting to me than a murder plot um but then it shows i feel like so i I was kind of getting away from the movie but then it shows that jane has survived (laughs) Um, and she wanders into the Michelle Rodriguez scene like you're talking about and I feel like it it kind of came back for me I don't know like yeah I I I I love how subtly humorous it is Um, and how how do you even classify this is something I was thinking about it's like what genre is this movie like how do you classify this movie that's a good question yeah because there's a lot of moments that are really kind of abrasive and very strange like a lot it starts off with like a really close shot of uh amy's eye that's it's later it's like a flash forward but it's like a close-up on her eye and it's like we're just getting lights and reflections inside the iris i thought that was really beautiful and then it's like a like a, a sharp cut of her like waking up gasping like in a bed like really alarmingly and yeah i, I like the the contrast of that 
And a note, uh, just to mention, I was looking at uh, Amy Simet's interview from her last movie, um, and it starts with a clip of the actress Caitlin Shield waking up and gasping in a, the exact same way. And so I was like, okay, that's mm. like, it just, I just thought that, that was sort of interesting that that was a shtick, not a shtick, but like a character choice that appears in that movie and in this movie. It was this really extreme, alarmed, waking up, like <gasps> gasping type of thing. Um, and so I was just like, okay, maybe that's like a, a trick they revisited a few too many times that's how i felt about the mozart thing i was like i i like i see what you're doing with like this circular repetitive thing but it sort of got a little bit boring towards the end one thing i like absolutely loved is at the party they're talking to jane um like jane shows up and she's just like totally out of it and it's susan's birthday party and susan's like kind of getting tipsy and she's just going on this long rant about dolphins fucking and then yeah she's like just getting just super into detail about like yeah like dolphins like will even like trap other dolphins and take advantage and like just like getting just really just like kind of gross with how she's obsessed with it but then late a few like a little bit later in the movie after she gets infected with the whole death thing she's like i used to talk about all these stupid things all these really dumb things and the husband's like well i like those dumb things and i thought that was a really sweet moment between the characters because that felt like a good arc of like yeah she's like i was into some dumb stupid shit had had a near you know it's like the definition of a near-death experience you know you start to value you start to you know all this the dumb stuff you used to care about is is useless compared to you know embracing your life and I, I don't know. I think it has some thought-provoking things, but I don't know. I just wasn't... Do you feel like <laughs> it didn't do enough to explore its premise or the characters weren't developed enough? Like, yeah, like, what I think, is... Yeah, I found the characters at that party to be far more interesting than the lead Amy. I just thought Amy was just super boring, and I... Yeah, I think Jane is more interesting than Amy. Yeah, I, I, f- I was expecting the movie to be Jane's movie from the trailer. Um, yeah, and there is a, a nice thing that they set up with Jane as, like, a photographer... She has, like, this microscope, and she takes pictures of, is it, like, I want to say amoebas, but it's, like, microscopic pho- photography, yeah, Might basically. even be, like, just, like, dyes interacting with things. Yeah, uh, yeah, not even actual chemicals, but, yeah, it's, like, kind of this microscopic photography, and it, throughout the movie, we're getting cuts of, like, really visceral, um, texturized mm-hmm. things, like, a lot of texturized colors swirling, and then when we get the information that the character Amy has had an abortion, I started to... Equate, some I that, started seeing that yeah, too. Yeah, some of that image, like it's like it's just like some like in, in vitro in womb type of thing going on. So I, I yeah. thought that was kind of cool, and I was like, okay, like this movie also does a cool dark. thing <laughs> where pretty early on it's showing like uh, shots of like landscapes, and then it sort of abstracts those landscapes and like blurs them as like the sun is rising, yeah. and then it cuts from that to just like this abstract imagery, sort of what like Jane is shooting. And that really struck me as just like it, it, it felt like equating this imagery with a landscape. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. For and sure. then, yeah, then introducing that abortion aspect and then getting these fetal vibes was pretty, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of getting in our heads. Yeah, I feel like if I we just got maybe a little bit more from Amy, I would have appreciated it a little bit more because, yeah, it's we are spending a lot of time with her sort of waking up and being in spaces and experiencing like just experiencing spaces really slowly. And I think that just sort of started to wear on me, especially at the end there, they introduce early on this idea that Amy wants to be useful in death. Like, like, mm-hmm. like when she dies, she's like, Oh yeah. Like I want to be like a leather jacket. I think that'd be really yeah. cool. I thought there was an interesting thing going on with comments on like suicide, um, theorizing versus like planning and actually like, you know, 
there's it, it like a big difference, you know, between like, oh, I'm just like saying something very flippantly and then like, oh, I'm going to like look up dates and look up people. And like that actual, the actualization is like a, another level of it being serious. And I thought they were making a uh, comment, a comment you, on that. What do you mean looking up dates, looking up people? Well, okay. So there's like this whole thing of like people like have suicidal thoughts, but they're not serious. And then there's this whole thing of like having suicidal t- thoughts attached to theories and planning and actualization. That's like mm-hmm. another level of it being like serious as opposed to yeah. just being like, Oh, whatever. You know, this day is so hard. I'm going to kill myself or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely got to flag this conversation, by the way. But um, yeah, I I think they were making a comment on that where she's like literally looking up like, I know this guy in Denmark who makes leather jackets and, that, and that's where she wants to be in death. And then later on at the end of the film, she walks into a leather smith's shop and she's like running her hands along like the leather jackets. And I was just like, OK, like it's just kind of I just wanted to sort of to pick up a little bit in that moment. It just felt a little too like I feel like dreamy of her in that moment. I feel like you're disliking everything that I was liking. <laughs> like Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say I don't want to be like, oh I fucking hate movies like this. Makes, but it's like I, I feel like it, it's but... like a taste thing then at that point. Probably. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. I I think stuff like Possessor clicks a little bit better for me because I don't know it gets it goes a little bit further, but I don't know. I just it, it just wasn't really working for me and so yeah <laughs> yeah i was it, I, it was weird like i was kind of in a mood when i put this movie on like mm. uh i wasn't feeling too good and then at a certain point i think it might have been when uh the couple brian and and tilly are at the bar and they, they're realizing they're gonna die tomorrow <laughs> That I was yeah. like, I gotta grab a beer. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm having a good time. <laughs> like, I, I want to also have a drink with these characters. Yeah, um, I was just like, I want to be with those characters more because I just found them so much more interesting. Yeah, and, they're more comedic, definitely. Yeah, a little more, more comedic, but also dealing with heavy shit too. Like the whole going yeah. to the dad and taking him off life support scene. Like that is that was my favorite scene in the movie. I was like, okay, like they're really like dealing with some like heavy shit and like like keeping a relationship alive to avoid dealing with grief. And so, yeah, it, it notes on some really heavy and poignant things. I just, yeah, I guess my main issue is just with the style and the execution. And yeah, I can only watch dreamy strobe light so many times for me. And it, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that sequence yeah. when, when it's just uh, Amy wandering towards the camera and it's cutting between blue and red. Like that was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. I was really digging that. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I guess I, I do like it, yeah, this movie is shot nicely, and I like, like I say like I'm an optimist. I'm like I don't like I don't like this movie, but I like things about it, and so that's how I was feeling throughout it, as I was looking for things to like. Yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know where where this divide is uh, coming from. <laughs> like I don't know how to explain why I liked it and why it worked for me. Uh, I, th- I I just I, I like that it's just a quiet sort of meditation on how people feel when they think they're going to die soon. And they're, they're first, they're kind of, you know, shocked by it and then they accept it pretty quickly. And yeah, we're playing with the element of planning. There's also this exploration of, um, appreciating things more, yeah. uh, whether it's a wood flooring or maybe you just want to listen to the same song over and over and over. Um, for sure risk taking with her drinking and driving and stuff and um yeah i don't know did you catch the 
there's a vague zone director, a previous vague zone director <laughs> who has a cameo yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Adam yeah. Wingard as the <laughs> dune buggy man. <laughs> That's great. Like I say, I'm, that would be the perfect lifestyle is to be a movie director, but also be able to have cameos in other movies where you just show up and <laughs> like just have one scene and then you're good. And yeah, I, I thought that was sort of interesting. I thought that was leading to something involving her flipping that dune buggy over, but it doesn't really get there. It's just, or does that, is that what implied when she wakes up in the desert that she was like sort of driving out and crashed it or something? Uh, I'm, I'm struggling to remember the timeline because I know at one point she's back with the dune buggy man and they're like going to make out. And then he's yeah. like, F- like, I can't fucking do this right now. Yeah. yeah I like, yeah. The, the comedy parts are like really interesting when they find beats of jokes within like just the incredibly macabre setting. Yeah. Um, I was totally, I was totally into this, man. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to. <laughs> That, hey, that's fair enough. Like, I, there's just, yeah, I, there's a lot of things about this movie that I appreciated, but overall, it's just the package just wasn't quite for me. Um, yeah, I like the fact that we even get a hint that the boyfriend gets it from the pizza guy, and that we get a little bit of yeah. a satis- like a little bit of a explanation of, you know, where this all happened. But yeah, I was watching an interview with Amy Simons, and she was definitely saying that she's. In, more interested in the mystery and not interested in exposition, and I and I think that just goes back to taste. And I like I prefer just yeah. like a little bit more, just like just show me the scene of Jane getting shot. That'll help me understand why she's walking around bloody and like swimming around in this pool. I feel like it's there though, like because yeah. we get the couple afterwards talking about like we get them talking about what they want to do beforehand, and then afterwards they talk about like what we did. They don't say it. They don't explicitly say it, but like the information's there. I uh, all right, fair enough. I will give them credit for, in that case, for showing and not telling, and literally making us leading us to that conclusion. So yeah, yeah, I, I definitely give it props for that. But because yeah, I think I, it's just I think it's a style thing. Because at first I was like, did Jane kill herself? Like, what happened here? And then we get we followed up with the scene of the couple talking about that. Yeah. Um, and then we showed Jane is still alive. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the, yeah, I think I appreciate yeah, <laughs> tall and fucking girls. Her her progression from going from being really silly and flippant to being more much more contemplative as death comes up. And yeah, and then t- telling the daughter the way that that is presented is really eerie. The fact that it's just like they're in bed with her and she's like, "Are you guys yeah. drunk?" And then they're like, "So yeah, we're gonna die tomorrow." And then it's just cut to her like just sobbing in the other room. And yeah, like, yeah. So yeah, the, there's some things that like absolutely worked for me. And then I think it's just. Overall, I just wasn't into the lead, and I think that's where I was sort of having trouble connecting. It's Did just... this make you consider your own mortality at all? Absolutely. Hell <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I was thinking about this in, like, my, my whole 2021. It's like, last year, I was like, oh, this is going to be my comeback year, and then COVID happened. And in 2021, I was like, oh, it's going to be my comeback year. Like, gets a massive ear infection and breaks both arms in the first two months of the, <laughs> of yeah. the year. So, like, I'm It's already totally... <laughs> almost May, too. Fuck. Yeah, and, like, I'm an only child. I think about these things all the time. And so, absolutely, like, this movie was resonating me on, like, value and that, like, night and day feeling of dealing with things. And, yeah, like, I'll even admit on this on this show, like, I've also been in car accidents and have yeah. come out of those car accidents. Like, okay, like, I got to set some things aside and start value, valuing, you know, these family dinners a lot more. And so, like, yeah, like, I totally get that. I think it's just the... 
the movie, like I was already kind of there. And so I was like, this movie didn't really do much more to lead, to lead me to those conclusions. I was like, okay, I get it. Like you guys are sort of <laughs> falling in line. As I was watching, um, you know, we get these scenes of like, I keep mentioning like feeling the floor and like, she like mm. feels the walls and stuff and the leaves. And she's just like, I think at one point she's just like rubbing dirt. <laughs> um, but yeah. um yeah, at one point I was like, I just like reached over and like put my hand on Emily because I was like, oh, <laughs> just thinking about like, I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. One day I'm going to die. Um, so there's actually a thought that I was really interested in that I made a note of is when Jane is in the doctor's office, she's talking to the doctor mm-hmm. and the doctor's like, I don't know what's wrong with you. And, and then she just starts like listing things off. She's like, like these immediate God, things. yeah, like, fucking yeah, a. Like, you, like ever like walk through New York City and during the summer and you look up and see all of these air conditioners up in the windows and just know that yeah, you're, you're gonna like, get that's crushed gonna fall on me. Yeah. And so I feel like we've talked about this a little bit during Final Destination of just like those really primal feelings of like, oh, I think death is very near. So I, that's what I was thinking about more. I was like, what's like my like, th- I guess the way that the character describes it is like the feeling of dying tomorrow is the way she condenses it, it's like, yeah, it's like those things that feel so dangerous and so immediate. And so I was like, what are those things in my life? And I guess it was like, like driving on bridges and being in like really, really tall buildings or things that make me get those sort of feelings. And so I, I appreciated the thoughts that it was sort of provoking in me. So, yeah. Um, I think it's like walking around and knowing your car is unlocked or something. Yeah. And it's like, fuck, I gotta get back to my car. Someone is going to break into my car. Yeah, like, um, I feel like everyone has those weird things where, yeah, it sort of talks about where we've been in our lives and the things that particularly are scary to us. And, yeah, I don't know. So I think th- I appreciate this movie for the thoughts, but as far as just movies go, I wasn't super into it. Maybe I need to rewatch it and give it another shot. But <laughs> I just feel, I mean, like, your your sentiment seems to be pretty common. Like, people weren't really into this movie, which is uh, interesting to me. Um yeah, I feel like I really like the premise. I'm surprised the premise hasn't been done sooner because it feels really obvious and really mm-hmm. simple. Um, I like that they kind of keep it grounded. I mean, they could have done like a Groundhog's Day thing and like really mined it for comedy um, and been way more playful with it. But um, yeah. I don't know. I Like fucking maybe someone will make another one of these. <laughs> like it, it's a great premise. And I think there's a lot of ways you can explore it. Um, I haven't really seen anything else like this. Uh, yeah, I would agree. It it sort of reminded me a little bit of It Follows, where there's a commentary on transferring someone to something else, and it be, and that thing being a metaphor. And so I think for Amy Simons, she was inspired by her anxiety attacks and like the feeling of like the whole world is imploding internally, but if you were just to look at a wide, it'd just be someone sort of sitting silently in a restaurant or a cafe, just kind of having a breakdown. And and so, yeah, I think there's a, a nice contrast there. Something I kept thinking about was, have you ever seen the music video for Just by Radiohead? I don't think so. It's, it's like a short film. Um, it's, there's a man laying on the street and people, someone almost trips over him. And they're like, why are you laying in the street? Uh, I almost tripped over you. Like, I could have broken my neck or something like that. Mm. And I, I want to say that the guy the guy is just, like, refusing to get up. And mm. it becomes, like, a whole thing where, like, a bunch of people are gathering around, like, trying to get him to stand up. And 
he says like do you really want to know do you really want to know why i'm laying here and they're like yes tell us and he starts to speak and there's no captions because the whole the music's playing over the whole video mm-hmm. there's no captions and then we cut back and it's just a crowd of people all laying on the ground <laughs> um and you don't know what he said <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, it, yeah, this kind of reminded me of that. It's just like this it's contagious. It is other like uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's just existential dread. <laughs> it's yeah. contagious. Like this camaraderie in knowing of death and accepting it. It also reminded me of, like of Charlie Kaufman a little. Um I can see that. Like in uh Synecdoche, New York, the, the speech from the the priest. and I mean, that whole movie is just about, like, death and how we're hurtling towards death. I think that's, like, a quote. Yeah, um, I need to rewatch that because that was definitely something I saw one random night in college and didn't re- retain much of it, but definitely appreciated. The, that movie's you know. incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah, this feels like a, just, like, a very, very simple exploration of that. It's not... Like, Synecdoche, New York, it's all about, like, how do we find meaning in life? Uh, you know, it's an artist struggling to find meaning, uh, trying to mm-hmm. leave something behind, thinking about their legacy. Ultimately, it ends up being a love story. Yeah. This is just, like, these people are confronted with death, and it's immediate. Uh, how, do they, how do they cope with that? They all seem to accept it pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all going to die. Why not tomorrow? Is is. Yeah, I mean, it's important shit important poignant shit but yeah just didn't work just the execution (laughs) was just a little just a little off for me but yeah Yeah. like i i definitely appreciate the fact that you know indies like this exist it's like a like strong female cast i think this cast is really great and you know i think you know i enjoy looking at this movie i enjoy a lot of things visually about it but yeah it's just kind of like it's one of those art house movies where it's just like a little, ga- a little more Gaspar Noe influence, where it's just like thematic. Oh, do, do you think I'm wrong? Do you think I'm wrong with that uh, c- comparison? I mean, like Gaspar Noe. Gaspar Noe is all about shocking you. Um, For sure. Like Fair, maybe yeah. visually, this has it's just got some reds and blues. Uh, maybe, yeah. But maybe that's just it. The color palette. Yeah, I don't know. Like to me, this feels like it feels like it's in the same family as. Um, gosh, what's his name? Jeremy Saulnier or. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Or his buddy, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> God damn it, the guy who did I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Oh, gotcha. Uh, I'm looking it up too. Macon Blair. Like, it feels okay. like a uh, contemporary of them, and it is a contemporary of them, but it, like someone of the same like school, you know? <clears throat> totally. Anyway. Do you have any other parting thoughts? <laughs> I, think that, I think that's it for me. I just, I really liked it. <laughs> for sure yeah i think it's a good choice definitely um what have you been watching lately well we talked we watched the oscars we should probably talk yeah. about that yeah yeah so we linked up to watch the academy awards and boy was it a mess <laughs> it was weird um lowest oscar ratings in history is that right yeah lowest oscar ratings in history I, it's just real loosey-goosey they were doing it at union station and yeah it just looked kind of odd the camera work was all over the place and i don't know they just weren't i don't think they were ready for that that change and so yeah i think some some of as far as the awards are concerned i'm okay for the most part 
I don't have a lot of issues with who got the awards and who won, but yeah, just the whole night just kind of had this weird, awkward improv quality to it that just was, yeah, just like, it was kind of weird. Fucking um, Harrison Ford, I was concerned when like, so him reading old. off him reading off the him, Blade Runner. Let him rest. <laughs> yeah, him reading off the Blade Runner notes was like this. Is like this could be cool, but like I am overall just concerned. And so yeah, just a weird viewing. What did you think about it? Now that we have some time to, um, to gel on it. I mean, I, I think having Questlove DJ was like yeah. one of the smartest decisions. I thought it was a little weird the lack of comedy and musical performances this year yeah um, no host. but then once again like y- you had mentioned like where would they perform the music <laughs> it's such a yeah. small space um, yeah i think they could have benefited from a host and clips though i think those things could have definitely been included but... and it could have been like you just cut to another location where there's it's it's completely dressed for this musical performance and it's like yeah. a fun piece of television but i i think the ratings the low ratings are uh, the issue is just that no one has seen a lot of these movies. Um, yeah. You know, all the big directors withheld their movies because they don't want to lose money by coming out in 2020. And the smaller movies, you know, they already weren't going to make much money anyways. They weren't going to, they're not counting on a huge box office. They went ahead and came out. And so that's what was competing. Um, yeah. There's no black pant. Like, uh, uh, so I, I saw a, um, a graph of like how the ratings have gone over the years there was a small spike the year Black Panther was nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, so people, were, I remember hearing, um, you know, people were sort of theorizing that maybe that's why it was nominated was try, to try and like attract more viewers. I think, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was also the year that they had expanded the category to include more nominees. I was going to say, I believe that that was the first year. Okay. I don't know if it might have been like, or like a couple years after they first started doing it. Yeah. So... So yeah, I think if if people have seen the movies, they're going to be more invested in the award show. And no, I don't think anyone saw these. Like what what what, what was the top box office of best picture nominees? That's a good question. If I had to guess, um uh going down the list down my mind, yeah, it was mostly Netflix stuff and stuff released digitally. I couldn't even tell you what would like opened to the most amount of people. But yeah, it definitely did feel smaller and yeah, the fact that a lot of these movies are slightly more obscure. Yeah, like, I, I'm looking at this list. I'm like, none of these. Like, I could see a world where Trial of Chicago 7 would make money at the box, box office. Like, pretty oh, nice yeah. money. But, um, yeah, these aren't these aren't attracting people to... They're not, they're, they're not pulling a Godzilla versus Kong for theaters. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're all, like, really strong films, but as far as the scale yeah it's like they're really small on the radar it's like you sort of have to be in the, those circles be aware of a little bit of you know indie film and or know about the fact that these movies yeah. are coming out on these smaller um, or platforms. you're invested in the academy awards and you're like well i'm just gonna watch what they nominated um because like like half of these either uh Okay, well, like, let me pull up the list again. <laughs> yeah, well, I was, just, I was gonna say like, I like, how many of these would we have Hall watched Hall. if we weren't doing yeah. this podcast? Yeah, probably not many of them. But I'm absolutely happy that you know, besides the trial of the Chicago Seven, I'm happy I watched all of these movies. Yeah, and Mank. <laughs> I'm not into Mank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I you were you were more into it than I was, I think. Um, yeah, I think I would say I like She Dies Tomorrow better than Mank. I'll give you that. Okay, okay cool. Cool. 
absolutely 100 percent um yeah so so the big weird thing that happened at the oscars is they rearranged the ordering of the awards usually we end on best picture instead this year they did best picture best actress and best actor a lot of people are thinking that they would have wrapped on best actor because chadwick boseman was gonna win and it would have been this very emotional ending to the show um, instead, what happened was Anthony Hopkins won, and he wasn't even there to accept the award. So the yeah. show just kind of ended unceremoniously. <laughs> um, yeah, and apparently we are getting news now that Olivia Coleman was supposedly going to accept the the award for him, but then that didn't happen because of time. That's fucked up. Yeah, I'm like, come on, let Olivia talk. Like she's been working. Yeah, like, like, she's like, had a, an incredible something. career. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I thought that was just kind of silly. It's like y'all are just going to build this up, you know, sort of use Chadwick's le- legacy to to get a, a moment out of it. And so, yeah, just like if you're not going to give him the trophy, then why are you going to sort of do that and do this build up? Yeah. And yeah, just the whole thing just felt very unorganized. And <laughs> yeah, it's just just silly. I don't know if I'm no. going to be watching many award shows moving forward. I'm like, okay, I think I've gotten I mean, enough of these moments. I kinda, I'll, I, I'll t- I, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll tune in. I'll tune in. I'll I, go, I go back and forth on the Oscars. Like, I used to think, like, the Oscars fucking stupid. It's just, like, a bunch of celebrities jerking each other off. Like, who cares? But I think the year... I think the year The Shape of Water won, uh, we were in Wisconsin... And we were, like, staying at a hotel, and it was, like, literally the only thing to do was to watch the Oscars. Uh, All the liquor stores close at, like, 8 there, which is insane. Um, Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we were drinking, like, expensive beer from the hotel because it was the only thing to drink. We were watching the Oscars. Um, And it was great. (laughs) We had a great time. I was actually invested in, like, what movies were competing because I liked the movies. Um, Yeah, totally. And so, yeah, I think... Like, that is what is engaging to me, is, like, if you like the movies, you want to see what goes home with the trophy. And, like, the year that um, Parasite won, like, it was fucking cool to see that, oh, they actually did acknowledge what the best movie was this year. Like, even though it was a foreign movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like this year was just a weird middle year. I think the interesting ceremony will be 2022. And so... Yeah. I guess I'm looking forward to it, but, yeah, I just... After the moonlight thing and after this, oh, that was I was great. just like, I'm just like, <laughs> all right, like, I'm not going to look. It's sort of like, yeah, them with like the Grammys. It's like, you guys are sort of, you'll include black art, but like, I'm not going to be expecting much more than, you know, you guys sort of inviting us to sort of be here. And so, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I, I get kind of bummed out. Like, the right, moonlight just... thing was the only, that was the only part of the show that I saw. I was playing Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> with a buddy. <laughs> And then we had just wrapped up our game and I wander out into the living room and his girlfriend's watching the Oscars and she's like, oh, they're about to announce Best Picture. And that was like <laughs> literally the only thing I saw. It was great. It's an amazing moment. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, um, should we talk what about... Else? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, should we talk about... I guess I, you did ask me what did I watch this week. I sent yeah. you an email. It's this obscure thing. Um, have you heard about the Lost Subway commercial? No. Does it involve jared no it does not (laughs) okay not at all but okay so earlier this week i tweeted you like a brazilian twin peaks commercial yeah yeah so you know you retweeted that and so i found that on this subreddit called obscure media which led me 
to another site called like the like uh like lo- the lost media wiki and so this website they've been looking for this subway commercial for like years and <laughs> i sent you the link the one is like a lego recreation because it's like this guy just like i need to remake this commercial and see if anyone knows about oh. it because it was just stuck in his head and so i sent you the lego version and the regular version because wow. i thought it was just so absurd i'm watching the regular <laughs> version right now yeah, and it's just, like, this thing that, like, people have been looking for for years, and it's just, like, this really random, really low-quality Subway commercial. I just thought that was interesting. I'm but watching it I... on mute. <laughs> it appears to be a bald-headed man with a mustache begging God. He's sitting in front of a man who I'm assuming is God because it, yeah. the the title of this video is Lost Religious Subway Commercial. Um, yeah. The guy the, playing was, God looks like John Blazer. <laughs> it's called what? Yeah. It was called The Seer. That's like the title of the, the commercial. Seer. But yeah, it's like this really low budget. It's like white background, like white costumes, like a shitty white beard. And like the like, over his head, like the like a white text, it's like the word hunger and like satisfaction yeah. comes over. It's just this weird, oh, strange it thing. It transforms so, into perfection. Is what yeah. <laughs> so that's transformed into The current rabbit hole I'm on is like watching old commercials from the 90s and the 2000s just because... Yeah, it's just all these things are just like unlocking like these deep nostalgia boxes in my mind. I'm just like, oh yeah, like I, I saw this commercial randomly like in '94 and like this Duracell commercial, and so that's why I sent you that Twin Peaks thing. So I'm just going down this media rabbit hole. So that's what I've been like watching recently. <laughs> that's what he <laughs> is commercials, <laughs> old Subway com- commercials from the '90s. That's what Thomas is watching right now. Okay, but, yeah, this man. Uh, he... a... So God summons a sandwich for him. It is picante. <laughs> it has it has salsa in it. Yes, and a the chicken man sandwich with <laughs> takes a bite <laughs> from the side of the sandwich, not from the front. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it just yeah. So people were looking that they were looking for that video for years, and they finally found it this week. And so I was, <laughs> I, I sort of showed up at this party. Was, oh yeah, people are really excited about this random subway video. But yeah, I just thought I'd mention that. Um, what huh. have you been watching this week? I watched Mortal Kombat. Uh, I did not. <laughs> what did you think? Uh, good for you. Um, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's like, it's Mortal Kombat. So it's like, what What do you expect? Uh, I Somehow I still was disappointed. <laughs> uh, I found it very frustrating. Just because, so, okay. So this movie, they cast, like half the cast is actual martial artists. Um, okay. And what frustrates me is that it's been over 20 years since The Matrix and people still don't know how to shoot and cut action. You cast yeah. martial artists. You don't have to spend a year training them or however long the Wachowskis spent training Keanu Reeves. Just yeah. just give them a choreographer, have them work together, let them do their thing, and let us see it. Uh, one of the things this movie does is it it shoots... It, it'll occasionally shoot the fight like a... Like a dialogue scene where you're seeing the back of one character and the front of another character and okay so it's like i'm not i don't get to appreciate all the moves that i know hits are happening (laughs) i know one person is an aggressor and the other one is a defender but i don't really get to appreciate the actions taking place it'll also cut to wides that are moving and so which can be a little I don't know when you're doing fast cuts the way this movie does and then you cut to a wide and the wide is also moving it's just like it's hard to stay engaged with what is happening with the action and it just it, it yeah that it frustrated me uh the yeah i feel that 
I guess WB, they hired a guy who, this is his first feature. Most of his background is commercials. And I think it's cool that they, like, gave a chance to a commercial director to be like, hey, come in here. Like, here's a feature film for you. Um, But it's just unfortunate that this guy didn't, like, use this as an opportunity to swing for the fences and to, like, like, you know what? We're making a stupid movie that, like, but a lot of people are going to fucking see it because it's based on a video game. Like, all it is is about fighting. Let's just do fighting well. Like, we can even do, like, a video game style thing where we just have a wide angle lens and we just yeah. uh track from side to side as they fight each other like we never get that <laughs> yeah i feel it. it's so funny when it's like fighting should just be really simple because it doesn't have to be this really complex thing and we like, have feel like <laughs> thousands of movies we can look at to be like how yeah. do you do it well yeah there's one i watched recently have you seen barry gordy's the last dragon i have not no so this one like is famous in the black community for having the character Bruce Leroy. <laughs> like, so oh like, yeah, I've heard of this. Okay. Yeah, and so I like put on this movie as like smoked a little bit. I'm like, oh, I'm so ready. Like watch this movie, and I swear, like the pie chart for that movie is seventy five percent dancing and like music, and then twenty five percent kung fu. Like yeah. I was like, there's just like no kung fu in this movie, and I was just like my Saturday as it's being taken away by all these like like 80s and 90s dance sequences and I was just so disappointed I'm like just just have people fight like it's so easy just to like have really nice martial arts just have like you said have a wide you don't have to cut too yeah. much and just show people fighting there's a every frame of painting video that was about really Jackie popular Chan. yeah about yeah. Jackie Chan and once you if our viewer I highly recommend that for our viewers if you've seen that video it will totally ruin all action movies for you because it's just they cut around the hits and they're just like yeah. they're just hiding hiding the choreography behind editing and it's just yeah so, so I was like I want to watch Mortal Kombat but I think it's going to be lame and so I'm happy I remember <laughs> I remember telling Emily I was like why isn't every scene in this movie the dojo scene from the Matrix <laughs> like <laughs> and so I rewatched that scene just to like look at how it's shot and the way they use slow-mo is very strategic it like Mm -hmm. it's highlighting like the cool moves um they use a lot of long takes like what what they'll do in the matrix is they'll um have the camera like move around the characters so it's like so you're getting to see like various angles in one continuous shot because the camera's just moving around them um and then I rewatched the Agent Smith Neo fight also, and it's the same thing. The camera's like moving around the characters. There is one shot where Smith punches Neo and they cut on the hit, but like the way it's done, it feels like you still feel the punch. I rewatched it over and over. Mm-hmm. I rewatched it in slow motion because I was like, how are they doing this? Like, you still yeah. feel the punch. And it's because when they cut, his arm, Smith's arm, isn't fully extended. So you, so. One shot ends with him throwing a punch. The next shot begins with him finishing, extending the punch. So you feel the hit. Yeah. And uh, like, why don't people like, how have we learned nothing? Yeah. That's how I felt during Godzilla versus Kong. I was like, there's just so much being done to just not show just actual, like just solid action on screen. It just, it just felt just so roller coastery and just moving around too much that I was just like, I can't, connect to this at all and yeah fight yeah fight scenes we're in a tricky area right now we're like high budgets for stuff and you know i feel like the good stuff is happening on shows like daredevil and smaller tv shows where the crews are you know a little bit more intimate and the stakes aren't as high 
but it's like I don't understand how you can you can know that these movies are regarded as like some of the best action cinema and you're still not going to learn anything from it like 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 I said they cast actual martial artists it's cut like they're trying to hide bad choreography and bad action like 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 a taken movie but it's like you have martial artists yeah that's a bummer anyway falcon and winter soldier (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i feel like yeah i was feel like a little let down by this finale i feel like this show would have benefited from having a few more episodes um yeah like rushed towards the end i i appreciate the intentions that it was trying to do but i feel like yeah marvel should lean away from big big political things and i and focus on I don't know. I thought the character just, John Walker was much more interesting, and I was like, just zoom in on John Walker a little bit more and, and deal with just evil Cap versus you know new Sam. I'm into that. The the Flag yeah. Smasher stuff just wasn't working. And I was like, yes, yeah. should not have approached it's, such a, a topic like that. It gets too complicated because yeah, like the the John Walker stuff is all you need is a guy who's wrong who believes he's right. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, that's that's an interesting thing to explore. Like you don't have. Yeah. Like the, the the issue with the flag smasher stuff is that like the show what the show ends up being is it's Falcon telling them I believe in what you're doing I believe you're not doing it right like I I believe in your cause but I don't believe in your tactics and then mm-hmm. so what are Falcon's tactics how is he gonna how is he gonna see that cause through uh, he just gives a lecture to politicians basically yeah he just says do better that's his solution. That's, yeah, that's like fu- big speech weird. in front of everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, the movie does a, this, oh, some rewrites. <laughs> yeah, the shows presents us with this issue, which is like I thought was really cool. Where um, we have is Isaiah Bradley, that's his name. Um, mm-hmm. He says, you know, a black man can't, will not, and should not uh, hold the shield, and mm. then it just ends with him holding the shield, and it's like yeah like what what is the takeaway we're supposed what yeah what are we supposed to take away yeah it's like there is they mention in a beat like when uh i forget her character's name but she's like you bought into that bullshit and yeah you gotta make your own path or whatever yeah he's like you tried it that way and i'm gonna try it working it this way and i think there is something worth there's something meaningful about you know I'm not going to give up on this country that I've literally bled for. And, you know, yeah. like sort of like I get those sentiments, but yeah, it's, it's a very complex, like Rubik's cube of a thing where it's like this transition of Captain America from like white Steve Rogers to, to black Sam Wilson on dealing with this evil white Captain America and then like the government. And then, yeah, this, this flag smasher group, which yeah, just, just, God, just so many rewrites need to be applied to all that stuff to make it less clunky. And I feel like they needed a little bit more time. We were talking about WandaVision. Yeah, and oftentimes I felt like WandaVision was too short. But uh, yeah, I feel like this show did have a nice length and had the time to do these things, but just needed a little bit more breathing room. And yeah, Julie Weed Trifus showing up at the end yeah. so it felt very, very like, you know, we're doing more Marvel setup. So it's all about, you know, yeah. two movies down the line type of shit. And I'm like, okay, like, you guys need to get a little smaller, a little more macro with stuff. Or micro? Uh, yeah, micro with stuff. Micro, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, how do you how do you fix the show is what I'm trying to figure out right now. Yeah, Just, I don't know. Without yeah, I think changing just, yeah, having it too small, much, you know? 
Yeah, I think just having a small... I know it's Captain America, so it can't be, like, less political, but just having a smaller political story. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, borders being rewritten and, you know, dealing with genocide and, you know, people being displaced. And, like, these are really fucking heavy topics. And, I don't know. There's so much moving pieces. (laughs) Because part of me is, like... I think I think I'm a little bored with cookie cutter villains. Um, yeah, like I want to see heroes take on villains that better reflect the villains in the real world. <laughs> um, yeah, you know how do we solve? Yeah, how does Superman solve these bigger issues like you know refugee crisis and stuff like that? Or I don't know, yeah. children being. F- doing labor to mine uh, resources for lithium ion batteries or whatever. Yeah, I do like the fact that the show has a a villain like Zemo shaming our heroes to like that the fact that they didn't go to a memorial for a giant superhero battle that happened in the past like you know talking about Sarkovia and like did you guys go to the memorial like obviously you guys didn't go to that and I I just I like that beat I like little stuff like that and yeah there is a nice little comic book serialization thing that is possible within TV shows if they just you know went a little bit smaller and yeah I'm watching Legion I think Legion's doing a good job at that I'm taking my time with it but I think it's doing a good job with just focusing on what this character is going through yeah keeping it small keeping it about like the relationships and you know, it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be an Avengers level extinction event every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it almost doesn't feel like a superhero show. Like it's very easy to forget that this is a show that originates from Marvel comics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, anything else? So, no, I think that's it. And yeah, we've mentioned that we haven't figured out what the next franchise is. So I guess this is going to be another episode that ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> Yeah, we are in limbo. Yeah, yeah, stuck okay. in limbo. Well, this has been episode thirty-seven of Vague Zone. If you would like to contact us, you can email us vaguezonepod at gmail dot com. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what's happening in the Vague Zone. You could tweet at us on Twitter at Vague Zone. If you want to let us know what you thought about the Academy Awards, yeah, chime in. What did you think about Glenn Close doing the butt dancing to, to Quest Love? In the Union Union Station that looked like a cruise ship. What did you think about the Oscars? Let us know. So yeah, this has been episode 37 of Vague Zone. I'm Thomas. And I'm Daniel. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.